Lindsay Lohan. Simple plan. And great songs from American Hi-Fi, The Donnas, 40-Foot Echo, and more. Freaky Friday, the original soundtrack album, available on Hollywood Records. Nah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> You know what's crazy about Muppets Most Wanted is that every song in that is perfect, and then the movie is just fine. Yeah, I definitely love the soundtrack to that. This is Russia's premier state-funded hotel. We are very proud of our eclectic clientele. Excellence in service since 1882. It's 1952. Don't believe what you read in the online review. Ooh, it's the big house. You'll never be alone. Welcome into the big house. No, froggy, no. You know what? Tina Fey's a brilliant singer. She is. You know who's a good singer, but I don't want to praise at all? Ricky Gervais. He can go to hell. Yeah. Um, I don't remember him being a great singer in that film, but uh, good for him, He puts I guess. a little passion on it when you he know, goes... Jordan it. said it yeah. the other day, and it is the truest thing I've ever heard. Right. Ricky Gervais. Oh, shit. Now I'm worried it was you who said it. What did I say? I think it was him, though. Somebody said it. It was him. It was him. Ricky, Ricky Gervais is a Muppets-level villain. Like, he definitely thinks he's, like, a big villain guy, but, like, he is a Muppets-level Ricky Gervais villain. is a bad person who says mean things about transgender people. Which makes him a Muppets-level villain. I don't know. I think that the Muppets would never allow him back. Well, I don't think that... You know what I mean? Though, yeah. like he thinks he's more hot shit than he is. Mm-hmm. I think that the Muppets are all about inclusivity, and um, I think that Disney should have put do a little. Do you though? I do. I think the Muppets want to think they're all about inclusivity. But there's only six main Muppet performers, and they're all men. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. 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 But when Harry Belafonte says. <laughs> I'm going to cry. When Harry Belafonte is at Jim Henson's funeral and he says that thing about Jim Henson gave the children of the world a gift. The gift of learning. When a child watches Sesame Street and wants to learn. When a child laughs because of Kermit the Frog, that is Jim Henson's gift to the world. When a mother who knows she can never send her child to a decent school sees the passion for learning in her children's eyes. That's the gift Jim Henson gives the world. I'm making Harry Belafonte a little scratchier than he actually so, was. So, to me, that doesn't yell inclusive, um, especially when a major plot point of your film is that you leave a fellow Muppet behind. No, And I'm... he has to chase you. Yeah. As you drive away. Right. For, like, not only one, but two movies. They don't know about and Tweetums. They I don't think, know about it. Uh, yeah, They're likely not story. Likely story. I think his name is Jack in the movie. Well, I think that he gets there at the end. Yeah, he gets there. He makes it happen for himself. Are you guys no going to Hollywood? To <laughs> Remember that was like every commercial. Remember when they put the Muppets, the Muppet movie on DVD or VHS, and it was the commercial on like every one of our VHS tapes. Do you remember that? No. I do, because it was just him saying that line. You guys are going to Hollywood. And then when they passed Big Bird, that's like what it was. I'm going to New York. I'm just going to do that bad impressions good. of all the Muppets. I want to break into children's television. Public television, I think is what it is. Anyway, Molly, welcome back to The Pants Are Too Tight. Welcome back, Daniel. You have to say the name of the show. Oh, wait, we have to do the whole intro. We're wait, so rusty. We're so rusty. We're rusty. We're so rusty, Molly. We might as well be Clark Tin Griswold's son. Roof. 
rusted. I hate the way she says it. Tin roof. Rusted. <laughs> I hate that. And I love it. Um, um, no, but I'm Danny. And who am I again? I thought you were Molly. Yeah, that, that sounds about when right. When I picked you up on the side of the road this morning, I was saying that looks like Molly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm Molly, and then this is the pants are too tight. Which is the best name for a podcast And ever. the podcast would then be, I guess, about pants? I think I think it's a show about pants. It's been a while. Fashion show. No. Fashion show. But then the pants wouldn't be too tight. Molly, forget the fashion show. I care so much. This is a passion show. <gasps> a passion we're show. We're putting on the passion yes, of the Christ. about things that we're passionate slash obsessed slash Things that we, we are about. passionate about and we feel strongly. Show. Yes. And you want to know what I feel strongly about, Molly? What? Uh, let me check my notes. Let me check my notes. Scrolling through them. Definitely rifling through real pieces of paper. Ooh, Danny, in the future, adding a paper ruffling sound effect. Flap, 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 flap. Flap, 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 flap. <laughs> no, um, I'm really passionate about songs that were written for movies but aren't the theme song of the movie. And you know what my favorite one is? It's uh, it's Let's Get Together for The Parent Trap. Boy, it's crazy that that song's not called The Parent Trap and it's just called Let's Get Together. But they all sing it and they go, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what I'm even more passionate about than that? <laughs> The fact that the remake of the no, Parent no, Trap. No, no, don't. You can't just come out and say it. <laughs> you can't. To. You can't just come out and say. There's it. a grand conspiracy, Molly. We gotta build it up. Okay, let's build it up. Um, so, guys, we got this really big thing to tell you. But but I'm not gonna tell you yet. Um, oh. Danny, how how are you doing? I'm great. Molly, I, want I to wanted talk, to kill I the vibe. I wanted to kill the vibe. Why don't you do me a favor? Instead of killing the vibe, <laughs> why don't you put it on some penicillin and keep it alive for a while, Molly? Okay. Well, I just feel like right now I feel I'm like in a state of mind. they're gonna want to know. Oh. And so we're keeping them. Uh, Can you show me? <laughs> <laughs> we're giving we're giving you the suspense. So yes, we have a conspiracy. Yes, there's a grand conspiracy, folks. A lot of people know that JFK was probably murdered. Uh, and the CIA either helped cover it up or helped kill him. Okay. Molly, um, I don't want to alarm you, but there's a little red dot on your forehead, and it's actually kind of moving around very fast. They, they don't want the truth to come out. Danny, you have to tell them. Molly. <laughs> um, yeah, so Danny and I discovered um, a pretty amazing phenomenon. A pretty amazing conspiracy. Bigger than JFK. Bigger than uh, the Titanic was actually sunk by the Prussians. Uh, bigger than um, 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 the Vietnam War. Just being created for financial gain. Bigger That's the one I the real quick. Fake moon landing. Bigger than the fake moon landing. That, by the way, the only one of those I actually believe is the Vietnam War one because it's true. It's not. It's not a conspiracy theory at this point. The Vietnam War, in case you don't know, mainly started uh, to help American business interests. It was all about financial gain. Follow Always the money. Comes back to the uh, Vietnam LBJ War. and Nixon were both bastards, and Nam was a bad idea. Okay, I said it. Going on the record. I'm going on the record. He's but going on the record. Folks, not only am I on the record, I'm having this episode of the podcast pressed onto wax cylinder, oh. literally onto the record. He's going to be onto the record. Sent to the Library of Congress. It's all a grift, baby. Vietnam, the biggest grift of them all. So for those of you who can't see this, um, Danny did lean a good 10 feet away from the mic for yeah. that, but I know it sounds like he was right in your ear. My torso is 10 feet long. I can <laughs> lean. I can he can Mr. Fantastic it to and fro. Out. Molly, I can Mr. Fantastic at any day of the week, and by that I mean I can have gray hair on the side of my head and mm. ignore my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love the thought of somebody screaming at us being like, what is... The conspiracy. And oh, what's the conspiracy? 
So <laughs> I don't even know how we came across So basically this. in The Shining, there's a poster of a minotaur on the wall. It's actually a poster of someone skiing, but the guy in the <laughs> documentary room 237 thinks it looks like a minotaur. So. <laughs> So that means the moon landing's fake. You'll notice that Danny Torrance is wearing a NASA rocket sweater uh, when he discovers that the hotel is haunted, just like Kubrick is haunted by the knowledge that he faked the moon landing on a soundstage in Brooklyn. Facts, baby. Facts machine. <laughs> Facts me, baby. Max um, machine. So I don't know how we came across this. Oh, I do. Okay, I don't remember like what like sparked you, you want me to tell you the story that you were tell present for? Tell me the story for? that I was present for. Tell you the story you were present for, Molly. We were discussing the remake of The Parent Trap, which we considered to be the greatest remake <gasps> of a film. I remember why we were yes. talking about and it. And we felt like that movie goes on forever. We feel like, God, this is one of those movies that, like The Sound of Music, yeah. has like 10 endings. And as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I know specifically in my Complaints About Movies episode, um, I love movies that you think are going to end. Yeah. 10 times before they do it's and part of it is yeah. the parent trap part of the parent trap the reason my theory as to why it feels so long is because there's so many distinct locations mm -hmm. and movies that feel kind of brisk tend to have distinct locations for each act so like mm -hmm. in the avengers which is just a big famous example i'm not complimenting it or anything which i like the movie the avengers i don't I, that's not a controversial statement people like yeah that movie. What you, i don't know why what the, i'm here? being so political about like the you know this is very politic of me not one that, of the most popular movies is uh yeah, really is, political is good uh so the avengers avengers 2012 avengers it's like the first act they're kind of globe trotting and stuff act two of the movie is all the helicarrier they like never leave the helicarrier for all of act two and all of act three is in new york city mm -hmm. with like one cut cut away to uh nick fury on the helicarrier being like don't you nuke the city and then right. those shadowy figures are like we're gonna nuke the city and then he bazookas that plane and then it's the wrong plane and he goes motherfucker i killed the wrong guy <laughs> i don't think he kills the guy on the plane i think he like shoots out its tires or something right anyway so the avengers there's very distinct locations for each act in the parent trap Act one is like the summer camp and that mm -hmm. feels distinct. So then that like whole movie of the summer camp is done yeah. by the end of act one. Act two keeps cutting back and forth between England and California. And so then in your mind, it's like, oh, is act three the cruise ship? And it's like, no, we go to a hotel where the parents are meeting. But then the two girls go on a camping trip with the mean stepmom. And yeah. then there's the ship. And then the parents fall in love again. And it's like, I can't keep that straight. Oh, you do have the timeline mixed up. So you the can't. Cruise is, the ship is before. The ship is before. So let's. Okay. Let, we're going to go through the parent trap bit by bit. Let's not. Um, That's not what we're doing here, Molly. We're not. This isn't parent trap <laughs> Danny, minute. We are going to minute by minute. Go through the parachute. We're going to go through the Zapruder film and uh, prove to you that JFK was killed by the CIA. Yeah. It's all a grift. He, he's, he's a little out of I it, sound guys. like a miniature Yosemite Sam. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like if, if you bred Yosemite Sam and a Yorkie, I would come out sounding like that. Probably. My biscuits um, are burning. But yeah, no, the, Danny, the cruise ship goes, um, so it goes camp, um, Separate homes. I'm gonna get that woman. Um, hotel, cruise ship, yeah. camp, back in London. I have 20 minutes of material about the Space Jam trailer. <laughs> You're the one who wanted to get right into the topic. Right into the topic. Um, Speaking well, of topics, um, I have this new cream. It's this topical ointment. Get the it's fuck out of here. Okay. Um, 
so the parent trap. So we were talking about the fact that the parent trap is a very long movie. And Danny was wondering, was it actually that long or is it just one of those movies that feels really long? Because sometimes we're, we were 10. a lot of movies do feel that way. They feel very long, but they're just The Lego different. movie has the same thing where they travel yes. to so many different places. In my mind, that movie's two and a half hours and it is like a brisk 80 minutes. Really? That feels that feels like a long movie. That feels one. like a long movie. And when I was in the theater and watching it, I wanted it to keep going. I had yeah. the same... It's it's like the parent trap is that I don't want yes. it to end. I had the same experience with Skyfall when I was in the theater and I saw Skyfall for the first time. I was like, oh, my God, we're still going. And then I was like, please don't ever end. Like, <laughs> I could feel that we were getting to the end. And I was like, "Ooh, if you guys could, like, pull out another twist, that would That's be great. That's what I felt with Knives Out, with oh, uh, God, Mission if, Impossible. If any Mission Impossible movie was six hours long, I would love it. I mean, they're doing I'd two back I'd love it, but we would die also because you can't physically be on the edge of your seat for that long. You're fall You'll off. fall off. <laughs> <laughs> you can't um, sail to the edge of the world, Columbus. Whatever. I'm kidding. He was, he was a genocidal man. Um, That's why our couch cushions are so The Sound of Music does also have a lot of locations, though. But that movie is also long. It's also long. That one has an intermission. But what's funny about that is that so much of that movie does take place in one location. There are many locations, but a large portion of that movie is just at the house. Right. Now, um, um, anyhow, anyway. The Parent Trap. Very. It right. feels like a very long movie. And we went, gosh, how long is it? And we looked. And it's, what is it? Uh, it's long. It's over two hours. It's yeah. It's like two hours. I want to say two hours and fourteen minutes. I got something. Written, I got like them written down. So anyway, we had the thought of: is this longer than the original Parent Trap? And um, we figured it must be. It must be. You know, movies... or not though, because old movies for children were actually really long. So... Danny was surprised that the fact that this was. As long as it was, because yes. it is a kid's movie. In my mind, it must have been short, and we imagined it long, but it actually is kind of long for a kid's movie. So then, well, it's Disney+, Plus, and we can, just, we can just scroll right to the original Parent Trap, and we scroll down. And to our horror, the original Parent Trap and the remake run for exactly the same amount of time, down to the minute. Two hours and nine minutes long, they are both. They are both precisely two hours and nine minutes. Then we go, that's funny. How long is Freaky Friday? Well, because that's also a remake. We we thought about it because we were in. I was down here and you were upstairs, and somehow at the same time, as though by magic, yeah, the thought occurred to us both: Is the remake of Freaky Friday the same? And we looked, and to our horror, it was precisely the same. They were both exactly. One hour and 38 minutes. One hour and 38 minutes. The original Freaky Friday from the 1970s starring Jodie Foster and the remake with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. Now, what was particularly interesting about this conspiracy is that I can't I can't speak to both Freaky Fridays because I don't really know. Um, I'd assume there's a lot of things different about them as they were yeah. made in completely different eras. But I know that the original and the remake of The Parent Trap are completely different films. Yeah. So you made two completely different movies and ended up with the same running time. It's so weird. And we were just like, how does this happen? And then we have the thought of like, oh, this is weird. Why are the Disney remakes the same? Now, the third version of Freaky Friday, which is actually the fourth in the 1970s, uh, 1980s, there was a TV movie version of Freaky Friday that does not run for the same amount of time, but it was also a TV movie. Whereas the original and the Jamie Lee Curtis version are both theatrical movies. The other TV movie of Freaky Friday, which was done in the 2010s and is a musical version starring Heidi Blickenstaff from Something Rotten. Um, that version doesn't run the same amount of time as any of the other ones. Again, TV movie. I don't know if it counts, but we're bringing it up. Those uh, two TV versions of Freaky Friday don't run the same amount of time. Neither does the horror movie Freaky starring Vince Vaughn. Um <clears throat> 
I assume Groundhog Day and Happy Death Day slash Happy Death Day to you <laughs> don't run the same amount of time either. Point is, the original Parent Trap and the remake Parent Trap both run the same time, as does the original Freaky Friday and the remake Freaky Friday. And only today, as we were about to record this podcast, the one you're listening to with your ears on your phone probably, maybe your computer, but who listens to a podcast on a computer? We had the thought, Flubber. Flubber's a remake. The Shaggy Dog and the Shaggy DA, those are sequels. And the remake of the Shaggy Dog, well, that's garbage. It, it, it didn't matter. It doesn't count. It's not part of the conspiracy. So we thought maybe, is it just a Lindsay Lohan conspiracy? Is it Does Lohan? it only apply to Lohan remakes? Yes, but it doesn't. Because today we had the thought of Flubber. I had forgotten Flubber was a remake, but then I remembered Flubber is a remake of a movie called The Absent-Minded Professor because... Flubber is flying rubber and the absent-minded professor is a movie about a guy who invents like a flying car, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, I wonder if Flubber runs the same. It definitely doesn't. Those are also completely different than story. Uh, the remake is about Robin Williams building a robot who sounds like Jody Benson that falls in love with him and then the Flubber dances. He doesn't build a flying car. I've actually, real quick, fun fact, never seen the movie Flubber, but in uh, elementary school, I read the novelization of it. And... <laughs> That's how I, but I remember like a lot of it. I remember Is people. Is the novelization the same length as the remake? The same number of pages. Page per minute, Molly, page per minute. <laughs> no, um, Bafo box office, by the way, on Flubber. Of course. Hugely influential scene. I never effects. saw it, but I've yes. seen the trailer. Again, it was on some VHS I yes. watched many times. I have seen the scene where the Flubber dances yes. and it looks like a commercial for gum. I love it. I love and it. I always thought Flubber was jello. For a very long yes. time. Uh, killer Jello, though. Like, like, to be clear, I thought Flubber was the bad guy. Is it weird dog. that Flubber is not the bad guy? I don't know who is the bad guy. For all I know, Flubber could be the bad guy. I never seen From the, the novelization, the bad guy is like these two dudes who are like threatening the dean of the college where Robin Williams works. And I think they want money or something. Like, they want to like steal his idea for money. I that think they're going to steal right. it. It's like a fuel source somehow. Like Flubber might be mm, perpetual motion okay, or some shit. Okay. Yeah, I uh, oh, Flubber and they is perpetual motion. They I'd break like into his house. Like they break into his house to steal the flubber, and they smash the robot that sounds like Jody Benson. Oh, I hope and the flubber she's, kills him. She's dying, then. and she's like, "I love you, Robin Williams." And he's like, "I have a human girlfriend in this." And then like, I don't, that's all I remember <laughs> from the good book. Robin. That's not a good Robin Williams. I thought it was good. That's like a fifth generation Robin Williams impression. That's me doing Maurice LaMarche doing Jim Meskimen or something. That's like four. Oh, by the way, I found out that, you know, Bill Hader does that really good Vincent Price impression. Mm -hmm. I was listening to this comedian. I like Dana Gould, mm -hmm. who's a very funny comedian, used to write for The Simpsons and stuff. Um, he does what I consider the best Vincent Price impression I've ever heard. And he does it for a stand-up bit where he talks about um, like when you're in a relationship and you go out, people are always like flirting with you because you're more confident. But when you're single, you're desperate. And mm -hmm. he illustrates this by saying when you're in a relationship, you're like Cary Grant, who was a very suave, attractive movie star. And he's just, he does like a quick Cary Grant impression. And he says, but when you're single, it's like you're Vincent Price. And then he does this like flawless Vincent Price impression talking about like, why won't you look at me? And like, it's such a fun little bit. And then I found out that Bill Hader had that album and his Vincent Price impression is an impression of that impression of Vincent Price. And Dana Gould's impression of Vincent Price is actually another comedian's Vincent Price and they're all just doing each other's version of him and Aww, I thought that was very nice that's very cute it's very cute and Bill Hader told that to Dana Gould and I thought oh that's a sweet thing to know that people will acknowledge that kind of thing yeah. um, real quick though looping back to this whole Vincent Price thing he actually shot me wow Vincent Price shot me in the leg so you said Cary Grant 
and I thought Hugh Grant. And right. I found out yesterday Both on British. TikTok that Hugh Grant's middle name is Mungo. His name is Hugh Mungo Grant. <laughs> it's actually Hugh Mungo. I mean, Hugh John Mungo Grant, but hysterical regardless. Hugh and Mungo. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, accents are funny. Other people are different. That's great. <laughs> Isn't it funny Ooh. how other people talk different than us? It's hysterical. <laughs> it's hysterical. It's at least two. It's humongo-sterical. <laughs> it's huge humongo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is our crazy Huge humongo. <laughs> Papa Cornyn. Turkey, turkey, turkey. Hey, do you remember when we watched The Muppet Family Christmas? Yes. With, with, uh, with Ronaldo? I didn't like that. You didn't like it? it? The thought of it kind of terrified me. The thought of all those Muppets. Yeah. Under Same one house. roof with the in old a man. snowstorm with an old man. And Fozzie Bear's mother, a character you don't like. Sounds like hell. Why do you hate but Fozzie Bear's mom? I don't. The first time we watched Muppets go to Walt Disney World, you were like, oh, did they just have like an extra Fozzie lying around? Why did they do this? And I was like, well, she's an established so character. It's so random to me. I didn't so know random. Her as it's an a party. Ex- get I know her as an established character. That's an established character from like the 80s era of the Muppets and also an established bit from the 80s Muppets is that Miss Piggy will arrive in like a different costume and they will just say she knows how to make an entrance. It's like a weird running gag, but only for those TV specials. It's not in any of the movies. Um... And like they do it in Muppet Family Christmas and in Mupp- the Muppets at Walt Disney World, which are two of the later Jim Henson ones. I love Muppet Family Christmas. But there's a it part in cute. that. There's a part where the Swedish chef is trying to murder Big Bird. Yeah. And he can't because Big Bird is so nice. And he just kind of like goes like. <laughs> I like that. I, I like getting to see the Muppets crossover with um, the Sesame Street Muppets. Doesn't happen anymore. No. Corporate interest. Yeah. It's sad. Really. Um. I Disney can't release that special because I, uh, they don't own it. I use those playing cards that yeah. you got me, the the Sesame Street ones. Yeah. Adorable. Like yeah. we were playing Egyptian Rat Screw and I couldn't even like I was getting distracted by how cute the cards were. Mm. Fabulous. Love them. Thank Everybody you. Everybody Rat Screw like an Egyptian. Exactly. All the cops in the donut shop, they say AO. All the cops in the donut shop. I haven't shop heard that song in forever. That song slaps. There's a part where they go foreign types with their hookah pipes, say mm. AO, AO. And I'm like, are you Egyptian? What is this song's perspective? I don't know. Where foreign people have hookahs. Do Americans not have hookahs? Last I checked, they did. Yeah, well, like an Egyptian has to be a racist song. Like, it just I mean, has to be, right? Like, I wouldn't put it in, I wouldn't say not it's like, not problematic. It's not like Sun Don't Go Near the Indians yeah. or something, but you know. Oof. If you don't know, your brother. <laughs> there is a song uh, called Sun Don't Go Near the Indians. Yeah. And um, it is very racist and not at all what you think. No. It's there's a, there's many plot twists in it. Sun don't go near the Indians. Please stay away. Yeah, we probably shouldn't sing that. You don't you think it's so freaking catchy though. I hate that it is. Yeah, it's uh honest to God the worst. But the b- most bizarre plot twist. I wanna yeah. tell you to check it out, but it feels wrong to recommend it. Um do with that what you will. <laughs> don't yeah just don't listen to it it's not worth it look i'll tell you the twist it's about a little boy who uh is a little white kid and he loves those native americans and then at the end it turns out he falls in love with a native american girl he's gonna run away and live with this native american woman and then the, his father who is the one singing the song which is why he says son don't go near the indians the father says you can't marry that girl you see i had a baby 
and a Native American man killed my son. So I killed that Native American man and took his child. You are Native American, and that girl is your sister. You can't marry her. And then they just, at the end, they just go, son, don't go. <laughs> like the, the lyrics don't change once the no. revelation happens. Um, I will say this, though. I watched an episode of House recently. I've been rewatching House. Um, Where they go, that's our Hitler? No, not that one. Well, yes, that's that a fun one. Reference. That's a great reference. Um, but it was the episode with Ravi Allman, a.k.a. Ooh. Ricky Allman, a.k.a. Phil of the Future. And the plot twist of that episode is that um, he and his wife are brother and sister and he thought his father was racist and didn't want them to be together because he was white and she was black wait a minute (laughs) did they steal (laughs) but his father died um so they didn't speak to him anymore or like they just didn't talk to him i don't remember but the father was like you know still a really shitty man i'd like to be clear um but yeah they like find out that they're brother and sister and he kind of is like okay with them still being together um, what? but she was not, and um, so they broke up, and Foreman had to console him. House isn't what I think it's about. No, it's not. <laughs> In my mind, it was just like somebody goes, "Like I think we should give him ten cc's of penicillin," and then House shambles in and he goes, "You're wrong. It's not penicillin. Your patient is gay." And then he it wanders is. out, and they're like, "He's a gay man, of course. That explains everything." And then, like, that's all I ever see on House is he'll just wander in and go. They're not married. They're two old people having an affair. And then he waddles out. Yeah, except it's usually like a metaphor. It's usually something they don't understand. He'll be like, he's not dying. Like, he never peanut learned. butter just doesn't go on toast. And they'll be like, what? And then he walks in. And... He's not dying. He never learned how to live. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Sam and I'll see. You know Do you remember I... when I watched you on House? I watched House with you for five seconds and caught the entire camera crew in a reflection. And then they cut back to the shot again and the guy was bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy in the reflection. Um, The thing about House that I realized on my watch through this Terminal time. server. Terminal server. The terminal um, server. I decided, guys, that's how I'm going to get into my Australian accent from now on is the uh, by saying terminal server. It's the not TML good. Server. It's not good. And the more I do it, the worse it gets. Um, but no, when watching House this time, I realized like the crew of the three, you know, people that we know, yeah. uh, Cameron, Chase, and Foreman, they're only there for the first two seasons of the show. They all go away? There's eight. They're only part of the team. For the first two seasons. They all leave? Or do they like one by one? So they all leave in the season two finale. Mm-hmm. It uh, it could be season three. But I, no, yeah, it's like the end of season two, they all leave. They go to work at different parts in the hospital. So like oh. they're still there a lot, but they all leave. Foreman does come back almost immediately and joins the team. Um, but he's like supposed to be like house is equal and he's like not. Mm. Um but yeah, like immediately out the gate. Molly, Meanwhile, nobody is house. This is like our beloved team that everyone remembers, and I'm like, you were only in the beginning. Like, what is this shit? Um. Anyway, sorry, total tangent there, but I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah. Um, total drama island there. Exactly. Yeah. Um. um <clears throat> yes, yeah, so that was our conspiracy. We almost harmonized our ums. Um, uh, so Flubber runs the exact same runtime yeah. as the original absent-minded professor, which is bonkers to me. Um, but also like. They do this on purpose. Yeah, it's well. So here's my thought: is that this is on purpose because there's somebody out there right now who's yelling at their um, earphones or their 
I said earphones. Yeah, not a phrase. Uh, headphones or earbuds or AirPods or radio or yeah. computer, whatever you're listening to it on your phone. They're listening they to their are radio. Yelling because they're like, I looked up Freaky Friday and it doesn't have the same running time. Okay, yes, on the internet, there was a one minute difference. <laughs> the remake is one minute longer. Yes. That or, includes credits. Or the, verse, or the vice versa. That includes credits. On Disney Plus, they are listed as the same running time. Now, so this is based on what is reported on Disney Plus. Is it entirely possible that for both the Parent Trap and Freaky Friday, whoever put this stuff on Disney Plus just looked up one runtime and put it in for both? Entirely possible. Was we have But I want to know: Was it intentional when they made the remakes to make them the same running time? Now here's the thing: It can't be, because who, while making a movie, goes if this is not. 98 minutes and it's 97 we are fucked who does that i would maybe do that you would right like wouldn't it be funny yeah i mean no just to do this just to have two people in their basement Drive screaming two people do you think the director of the parent trap who is it nancy myers who, who did the I, remake of the look it up not even Nora efron dr seuss whoever did the remake of the parent trap do you think they're going to be like finally you win my chocolate factory the i first hope person so to notice that we did the I same i fucking runtime. hope so um Let's see who Nancy Meyer. I was right any on relation, one of my three any guesses. Relation to Seth? Uh, I don't think so. No. No. Um, my favorite thing about Nancy Meyer is that she shot a guy. That's also a lie. She didn't do that. Fun fact: um, her daughters' names are Annie and Hallie. Is that like a? Those are the names of the girls the in trap. the Parent Trap. That's so fun. Oh, I love her now. However, I was. I also read that the name. Hallie was, I think, named after Halle Berry. Somebody no, was after the the actress in the original. No, you're thinking of Haley. In the original, it's Haley Mills. Uh, well, I, I read somewhere it was a uh, homage to her. Maybe it's like a reference, but not a direct. Because the the girl in the original, the actress is named Haley. Mills. All my info is from Wikipedia, so it right. could not be true. I well, it could be like a we don't want to directly name her that. You know, it'd be like if you um were doing a a Batman movie and you wanted to right. name someone after Michael Keaton so you named him Mikael because accents are funny <laughs> I have an exercise bike that I still haven't set up and I was going to do that last night the exercise bike that I bought mm -hmm. but I didn't because I got distracted by the movie Singing in the Rain which I watched for the first time and adored love Singing in the Rain great movie little creepy at points but you know the 50s 60s actually I think I just made up that part you or know what I read pissed the, me the, off all, about singing no you don't Go get ahead. to talk are you sure the girl in the movie is not named Haley no in the Paratrap? girl is Hallie they call her Hallie named after the are you sure daughter? she's not just it's the British Annie one Annie and Hallie are you sure she's not the British no, one no Annie's the British one Hallie Hallie old boy do you want to get down seven time have secret and pop no I know it's Hallie because he goes Hal that was my Dennis and Quaid. not Hale. Yeah, <laughs> Dennis Quaid is an incredible actor. He is such a man. Dennis Dennis Quaid is honest to God a Harrison Ford level charm. He absolutely is, and he does not get the credit. I'm glad you brought this what up. What the fuck? Because... I watched Inner Space uh, with 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 uh, with with Mandy recently, and it was so. Oh, Mandy's a uh, Potankin, and I, <laughs> honest to God, like I was blown away by how charming it was. I'd never oh. seen Inner Space. I've never seen it, but I do know Dennis Quaid is a saint. Like, I mean, I don't really know if he's a saint. If Dennis Quaid's a bad guy, it's going to be a little awkward here. But, like, I love that man. Like, one, gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous man. Like, as far as that age group of man goes, gorgeous. Right. Great actor. Mm. Believable. That charm, that little smile. You're right. Harrison Ford is the comparison for him. Yeah. Um, 
And the fact that he can pull off the parent trap and still also pull off uh, yours, mine, and ours, he goes from two kids to 18. That takes a champ. <laughs> That's range. <laughs> he always understood the assignment. I'm really getting oh, sick I've... of those. Really getting sick uh, of those, Molly. Yeah. Really tired of it. Really sick of it. I was a little late on that train, so I'm not as I'm sick as I'm real done you. with it. It's so annoying. Dennis she Queen. always understood the assignment. Yeah, they're actors. Fucking just because you, you've discovered versatility. I'm so sick of Twitter getting so excited over the most basic things in the world. Twitter gets excited over like they found out they can dislike people. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's like a Twitter thing where it's like disliking someone's energy and state of mind is such a real thing. And it's like, yeah, you figured yeah. out not liking someone. You figured out a human experience. And then the tweet ridiculing those people for discovering basic human experiences also went viral. And it's like, knock it off. We don't need to yeah. celebrate everything. Like, ooh, ooh, I'm so sick of social media. I got to get off Twitter. It's making me a bitter person. It's just like, like what, what do I care if people are discovering basic human emotions? What do I care if people are just figuring out now what a character actor is? I shouldn't care. It's it's a revelation to most people because most people don't give a shit about this kind of thing. And yet I'm furious and I'm I'm so bitter and angry and I really think social media does this to me. Now, um, the CIA killed John F. Kennedy. And you were gonna I, I'm say, sorry, I got yeah. something about Dennis Quaid. Lay it on me. Daniel, under Dennis Quaid's filmography. Yeah. From 1997. is a Sesame Street. Kids Guide to Life video series Molly, no. where Dennis Quaid stars as Uncle Tommy. Molly, stop. And the video is called Telling the Truth. Molly, no. And I need to see it. Molly, no. I need to know what this is. Your Sesame Street thing is interesting. It came out of nowhere. Right? You were never a Sesame Street kid. Okay. Well, I was. I'd like well, to be To clear. the degree I, that all children are. I mean, I probably watched it later in life than a lot of other kids because- that whole segment about like where Ernie would hide somewhere and you had to find him. Yeah. Obsessed. The greatest mystery I loved. You I also it was had hysterical. younger siblings, so it's entirely possible that it was on the TV. No. No? No. Not for me? I Not for Ryan? just am a grown child. Okay, I, yeah, I well, watched Blue's yeah. Blue's Way into Life. I, I, I like children's shows. But yes, this resurgence started um, primarily after I had to watch Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, because great, it was amazing. Um yeah, it was really just when we started looking follow into it. Follow That Bird it. is maybe the greatest movie I've ever we seen. We watched that, and that really changed my life. Okay, Follow That Bird, not a great musical, but an incredible movie, and directed by the guy who did the pilots for the Larry Sanders show in The Office. So, God bless Ken Quapis. Quapis Another hysterical thing about Dennis Quaid that we've got here, Danny. Yeah. Viewpoint with Dennis Quaid is a series of short films focused on public interest topics that is hosted by Dennis Quaid. And that right. just seems... He's in uh, the movie Dragonheart, which is a really fun movie if you've never seen it. It's, I it's um, I really like the premise of it. I'm not crazy about the... Like, the actual movie is kind of weird. It's got a CGI dragon, and at the time, that was impressive. It's the same people who did the dinosaur effects for Jurassic Park, but the dinosaur... The dragon has to talk, and it looks kind of silly. Mm. But the funny thing is the dragon is voiced by Sean Connery, and it's, like, the most distracting thing in the world because he'll go, like, I'm the last of the dragons. And you're, like, you're Sean Connery. <laughs> you're not a dragon. Go on. That's something. Yeah. I don't even know how to touch that. The way Sean Connery didn't ever understand the assignment and just always played Sean Connery. <laughs> I'm an Irish police oh, officer in the movie okay. The Untouchables. Can you see how Irish I am? So, Danny, do you know how 
we know that Dennis Quaid is a babe. How? Do you know who Dennis Quaid was married to? Renee Zellweger. No. <laughs> oh. Share. He was married four times, um, uh, right. but married to Meg Ryan. Ah, they're in, I believe they're in Inner Space together. They are in DOA is where they fell in love. That was their second film together, though. Inner Space. So. Great movie. Um, no, DOA was the second one. Oh. I'm sorry. Um, so they have a son together, Jack Henry Quaid, um, born in 1992. Hell of a name. And then they divorced in 2000. Um, uh, well, it was finalized in they 2001. Did a, they did a parent trap. Um, yes. Do you think Jack did. Henry is going gonna, is gonna to parent trap them together? Perhaps, we shouldn't joke about I don't know, but Dennis Quaid... Oh my God, I do remember reading about this. I'm sorry, I'm having a Dennis Quaid flashback yeah. because I do love Dennis Quaid and I have read about him before, but I read a lot of things, everyone, and unlike Danny, I don't retain the information. So I get to discover things over and over again. Dennis Quaid, right? Famous for the parent trap in our lives. In your um, life, yes. In real people's lives, he was a movie star. Right, Go but on. no, for us, it's the parent trap. A story about twins, correct? Yes. Well, on November 18, 2007, hospital staff mistakenly gave Dennis Quaid's 10-year-old twins, um, 10-day-old twins, a dosage of heparin, a blood thinner, what? that was 1,000 times the common dosage for an infant. Oh, my God. The babies recovered. Oh. But Quaid did not know. Oh. Um, but Quaid was furious. Um, but Quaid filed a lawsuit against the drug manufacturer um, for would... packaging two doses of heparin yeah. that are not uh, different enough. So they That's... look very similar. Yeah. So Ooh, I like that instead out. of it, like going for the hospital, he yeah. went for the drug manufacturer. Oh, could you imagine if a nurse picked those up and went, this is too much. And then Daniel Craig wandered in and went, you are a good nurse. And then I cried again. <laughs> I watched Knives Out like a week ago for the, uh, I believe the sixth time I've seen it. Fabulous. Twice of those with the commentary track. Um, the sixth time I've seen Knives Out and we got to the, you are a good nurse. And I cried again in front of another person. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I'm always with people. <laughs> it's always more embarrassing than it has to be. I'm always like, she's a good nurse. <laughs> it's amazing Aww. how it gets me every time because like the emotion like just swells enough. And then there's another like 15 minutes of that monologue at the end that Daniel Craig has. And it's like, that's something I wish could go on forever. Yeah, no, like, I agree. For, you know, the only reason that works is because there is about two hours of movie before the explanation. Mm -hmm. But if I could just constantly be in the explanation of a mystery movie, holy shit, I'd die. That's the best feeling in the world. It's like the opposite of ripping a Band-Aid off. Hmm. I want it to be as slow as possible because it yeah, feels amazing. Nice it's like peeling glue off your hands. Is I when love you get to that. The, you got to pour the glue on your hands and that sucks. I, it doesn't bother me as much. Oh, well, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't hate mysteries. I just love the conclusion so much that I will pour the glue on my hands all day just to peel it off. Um, I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Uh, the, parent about the parent trap. But I got to get back to Dennis Quaid, actually, because I'm just, this is just fascinating. Real quick, Melanie Griffith was married when she was 18 years old. It was the, like, 70s. Mm -hmm. So I guess people did that more often. Still yeah. seems weird and wrong to me, but I digress. She was married to Don Johnson, who is in Knives Out. He plays uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's husband, oh, okay. uh, Richard. Um, so he... Uh, he, of course, is the star of Miami Vice, is why I'm very oh, familiar okay. with him. He's also a musician, but that's not important. Him and Melanie Griffith have a daughter together, mm -hmm. Dakota Johnson, the star of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, 
Right? I'm really, I'm connecting some dots right here. Dots connected. Yeah. So uh, the woman who uh, finally stood up to Ellen on TV, (laughs) Dakota Johnson. No, Ellen, that's not true. I just like just such a, ooh, anyway. So um, (laughs) Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson were married when Melanie Griffith was like 18 and then married again later in life. They got back together after he had dated, I want to say Barbara Streisand or maybe Bette Midler. Can't remember which. I always get them confused. Divas, am I right? So- Uh, They got married again. And then later on, Don Johnson's been married a few other times. But Melanie Griffith was married to Antonio Banderas for almost 20 years. Wow! They divorced amicably in the uh, 2017, I want to say. But Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas were together as a couple in the ride Superstar Limo at Disney's California Adventure. If only we could have had that preserved for a yes, lifetime. Because I, it's burned into my brain the way the narrator, Corey Burton, I'm like 90% sure is the narrator in that ride. The way he says, look, it's Hollywood stars, Antonio Banderas and Melanie Griffin. <laughs> and then it's, you know, funny man. Oh, it's hold on to your sides. It's funny man. Tim Allen is like right after that. I call it. That's how I described him. Funny man Tim Allen. Uh-huh. I am. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I was going to tell you some more fun facts about Dennis Quaid. Yes. Um, but I am going to not. Um Why? Because now I'm upset at Dennis Quaid. Oh, what did he do? Dennis Quaid is a registered independent and has voted for both Democratic and Republican candidates. Um, but he did opine that Ronald Reagan was his favorite U.S. president of all time. Ew. And during the pandemic, he said he thought that Donald Trump was handling the pandemic well. Oh. Um, now I'm mad at Dennis Quaid. I mean, he's not as bad as Randy Quaid. And then he did recorded an interview with Dr. Fauci as part of an advertising campaign by the Department of Health and Human Services to defeat despair, in quotes, um, surrounding COVID-19, which he later denied was in a political nature. So I don't really know how I feel about Dennis Quaid. I don't love that Ronald Reagan's his favorite president or that he thought Trump handled the pandemic well. Um, But it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. but he he actually also is a musician, which I find interesting. Don Johnson, also a musician. One of his songs was uh, released on like one of the Miami Vice like tie-in albums. Um, I don't know. I, you know, that, that sounds like the guy's a very mixed bag politically. A lot of older people are not as uh, binary in their thinking about politics as us young people are. I think that we tend to go like, oh, well, if you're praising this crummy president... Uh, yeah. You must agree with everything he says. And then like older people, like I remember Pierce Brosnan uh, was in an interview once and was like, he firmly does not support Trump. He's a, a classic kind of, you know, that older mm. generation of like Hollywood, like ba- basic liberal, basic liberal types, yeah. not full leftists, not embracing the mm-hmm. new communist lifestyle that we all love. But, you know. Like, I'll yeah. vote for Barack Obama. Like, that kind of thing. Like, that's who Pierce Brosnan is. And he adv- he campaigned for Hillary and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, so he doesn't support Trump at all. But in an interview, he was like, well, some of my American friends said that Trump has been good for the economy. I, you know, whatever. And, like, you know, Pierce Brosnan's an old man living off in Hawaii, not doing anything. And then there's a thousand headlines, like, Pierce Brosnan praises Trump. And it's like, no, I've heard a million older people say like oh i hear he's good for the economy which is a lie but like you know whatever it's like a thing they say and it's like just how people who didn't like barack obama would go like i don't like barack obama but he's been good for whatever you know and i don't mind that and i do think that if someone does do something good you should acknowledge it even if you don't like them for the record so like if donald trump really was good for the economy i think that's a very fair comment to make 
Um, sure. I just don't think saying he handled the pandemic well is um, accurate nor helpful. Yeah, but I do love Dennis Quaid. Just like I'm going to love Vince Vaughn and think he's funny even if his political views don't match yeah. mine. As well, I do think Tim Allen is funny and I'm going to keep watching the Santa Claus even if he is very much a Republican. Sure. And I think that people like Vince Vaughn or Tim Allen or whoever, they're, they're very mild conservatives, which isn't really a thing we have anymore. Where it's like they, they're just kind of old. Like, yeah. Well, like for me, it's like if as long as you're like not pretending to not be, you know what I mean? Like sure. if you're just like out there and you're like, this is what I am without being like aggressive about it, you know? I don't know. It's like they're, they're, how do I put that? They're rich white men. I don't expect them to like have our back, you know, like I don't expect them to look out for young people or the young generation. Like Vince Vaughn strikes me as like a conservative-ish man. But it doesn't strike me as he's out there saying bad things about gay or transgender people. He's not. He's not I'm saying. Like, fighting not against being the like cause aggressive about it. You just like know what you want for you. You know, sure. which like I do. It get is selfish. That. It, but I get that. But they're also here's my thing: is that people like get way too into the personal lives of movie stars. Yeah, like, like they're they, just people. They want to have these people on a pedestal, or they want to be like, "Oh my God, did you see?" Like everybody wants to have the relationship with all celebrities that they do with Dolly Parton. Where they're yeah. like, oh, I looked into Dolly Parton and she does such great things with her money and she's such a great person and she's doing all this wonderful stuff. And they want to put everyone on that same pedestal that they put right. Dolly Parton on. They want to do this with every famous person. They want to do this with the people that they watch play video games on Twitch and the people that they listen to on podcasts. Like you and me, Molly, we're famous. Yeah, famous. No, they want to do that with celebrities. And it's wrong. It's like, I love Mark Hamill. I think Mark Hamill's great. But if Mark Hamill has a shitty opinion about something... It's not going to ruin my day because that guy is just an actor that I don't know and I don't have a real life relationship with. Right. Mark Hamill, for the record, doesn't have a shitty opinion about stuff. Mark yeah. Hamill is actually a, a very sweet, He's intelligent a very man. Very aggressive liberal man. Very aggressive. Yeah. And he seems like he could definitely, you know, he, he did a voiceover for the Lincoln Project and I don't support them because they're Republicans that are against Trump. And I, I don't like that mindset of like, listen, we love not paying taxes. We just don't like this guy. But I see why oh, he I, would. I like the Republicans yeah. against Trump. Well, movement. yeah. Just for the fit sake that in order to win the election this time, yeah. you needed Republicans well, people, to be against yeah. Trump. Yeah. And who knows? Look. I'm not anyway, a I'm not a political genius. This our isn't our a friend, podcast. no, our friend Becky knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. But like, and we've got her here right now to comment. Becky, we should call Becky. <laughs> hey, Becky, what we're do you think about Mark Hamill? Call her and ask her something live on the air. Did we not do that? I thought we did. Oh, we no, called her right after the show, and we yeah, said we and were going to call. And we said, would you have known that? Yeah, mm. uh, that was. But I digress. Tough. Anyway, Mark Hamill, very nice man, very nice opinion. Seems a little bit more leftist than uh, the actual people in the Lincoln Project. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. If he was one of those people, I wouldn't really care because, like, he's just an actor. I don't know him as a person. I don't need to... I'm not coming to him, per se, for political opinion. Precisely. Now, the problem is... We feel that celebrities have a responsibility to advocate the correct thing because we all worship them yeah. like they're special deities and stuff. And then we get heartbroken when it turns out they have a shitty opinion or they're wrong about something or they say something problematic. And it's like we just shouldn't have that relationship with famous people in the first place. We could appreciate their work and not deify them. And when we find out they do something bad like murder a guy, we can just let him go. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, that comes back to the whole quote unquote cancel culture and everything like that. Which isn't you know. a thing. I know. I, I was watching. Why, a, we don't need to get into that. I was watching a new documentary on Showtime, and they just interviewed Louis C.K. like it wasn't a big deal. And I was just like, 
you remember that we don't like talk to this guy anymore, right? Then like, he's just in the documentary as like, as if he was any other comedian. And I was like, damn it, you can't cancel anyone. Like you can't. Right. I mean, well, but that's the thing is it's like, it, you can't cancel people from existence. And, you know, yes, you can't cancel someone from, it's hard to cancel someone from an entire industry. We kind of canceled James Franco. But like for but, now. But we also I also get the sense that James Franco was like, people aren't going to like me. I'll go away. And I, honest to God, I feel like in two years we're going to be talking about James Franco again. Yeah, that's what happens. That's but what also, happens with a, a lot of people in that kind of category of category category of famous. Um, that's also a man who has more money than God. So if he didn't want to ever work again, he doesn't have to. But that's the thing. It's like I don't think it has to be cancelable. I don't think we had to force people to not put people in movies. It's just if someone puts someone in a movie that you really don't like, then like you don't see that movie, you know? Sure, like, but like, I don't know, man. Do I want to give those people my money? Yeah. No, but if you're going to make a movie and you want that actor in it, like I can't stop you from doing that. I, I just won't support it. I don't it. know. I think we just all, we all look at celebrities too much like they're our friends. And it's like, no, they're famous people, they're artists. And I get that it's impossible to like separate art from the artist anymore because so much of the reason why we consume something is the brand. Right. Like if I find out that Mark Hamill is in something and he's in a lot of cartoons and stuff, I'll actually check it out because I like that guy as an actor. Right. Or if Paul Dini writes something. Oh, I bought a I bought a collection of comics the other day that I hadn't heard of just because Paul Dini was the writer of them. I love that guy. Right. And I love his writing. But if Paul Dini turned out to be a bad man, I would stop doing that. Now, I also think that, but like, I don't deify Paul Dini. I don't go like, everything the man does is great or whatever. And I, I worship him and he's bae. But I like that man's personal brand right. and I buy stuff because of it. You can't actually separate the art from the artist anymore because we live in a different time. It's not, you know, 1910. We all, like, if Mark Twain was alive today, he would have been on Twitter. And we all would have been like, oh, did you see Mark Twain did a funny TikTok? Like... It's just a different setup now. It is a different setup, but also at the same time, I think that there's there's so many different sects of it. You know, like on the one hand, you have Molly. Molly, sex. You said, Molly, you said sex. S E C T. Cusco, Cusco. Go, go. <laughs> um, like, you know, there's the work when people's jokes are inherently racist, homophobic, yeah. sexist, any of those things. And it's your art itself that is cancelable that is you know not really kept up with the times or was always offensive and now we're making a bigger deal about it sure um you know so there's that and then there's just like the people who are shitty people whose art itself isn't you know like like the John John Lasseter from Pixar. He's a creep. Right. He's a creep. But like, I'm not going to not watch Toy Story just because he was a creep. I'm going to expect that nobody else really makes movies with him probably sure. but i'm still gonna watch toy I, story i picked a bad example because toy story is one that even if even if i was going to outright ignore the man's work like if i was like i don't watch woody allen movies i've only right. ever seen two or three in my life i thought they were fine i do not have the cultural connection to him that a lot of people have a lot of people loved his work because at the time well, i'm sure it was like revolutionary or something and now it's just like oh there's a million things yeah. like this. Well, but like i so like i wouldn't but like, even if I did love Woody Allen, I probably would have stopped watching it. Just like I enjoyed whatever Bill Cosby records I heard when I was younger. And then when I found out Bill Cosby was a creep, like I didn't hear a lot. Let me be clear. <laughs> How many Bill Cosby records are you? Like, I watched the cartoon Little Bill. Oh. Well, that's, you know, Jordan and I were looking at Little Bill the other day, like yeah. a clip of it on YouTube. Little and Bill. It, 
it was like sad because he really loves Little Bill and Little Bill was like iconic at the time. But then like real life Bill Cosby shows up in the intro and you're just a little like, ah. But I also think there's a difference between then like there's the art itself when that's problematic. There's an artist who is, you know, problematic themselves, but their art isn't. And then there's like the art that wasn't problematic, but like, you know, like things made by Harvey Weinstein where, you know, like the making of the art was problematic. Oh, yeah. So even if the final product wasn't, it's like it's kind of a little like um, really Harvey Weinstein's my example. Like I see Rose McGowan in a film from then and I'm like, I know the story behind this. Yeah. And I, that's hard for me to see. Sure. Whereas, like, listening to Michael Jackson music, it's just like, oh, it feels weird because Michael Jackson's yeah, creepy. creepy. Like, well, I think, uh, like I said, the John Lasseter one was a really bad example because even if I was going to treat him like Woody Allen and just not watch his stuff anymore, like, uh, Toy Story wouldn't, uh, it, it wouldn't work like that with John Lasseter because he didn't make Toy Story. Literally hundreds of artists toiled right. away like spent hours and hours of their lives making this. Right. People like Bud Lucky, who turned Woody from a creepy ventriloquist dummy into that cute cowboy doll. Like that was Bud Lucky. Yeah. Or uh, the editor of Toy Story 2 was a woman on maternity leave. And she was actually editing the movie from home with her kid so she could watch him. And the, they deleted all of Toy Story 2 by mistake. The only reason they had a backup copy of the movie was because she would take it home with her every day. So they had to run to her oh house, God. bring her entire computer, because it was the 90s, they brought her uh. whole computer home with them. And she's the only reason we have Toy Story 2. Now she was a woman on maternity leave. She was a woman working at Pixar. That's hell. That is a, a torture. Because Pixar at the time had this horrible misogynistic environment where women were treated horribly. Should we discredit all her work? Should we throw? No, she toiled under that system to make that movie happen. And that movie inspired many young men, women, non-binary people to become animators. That work is not John Lasseter. Maybe he has a screenplay credit. Maybe Joss Whedon has a screenplay credit. Maybe John Lasseter was the driving force behind cars. Maybe it was his idea for a movie. Who cares? Hundreds of people work to make that. And I don't want to see their work go by the wayside because of him. A Woody Allen movie is different. A Woody Allen movie is called a Woody Allen movie for a reason. It is his voice. It is his creation. He's often the star. It's his script every time. And he is the reason those get made. Nobody would read one of those screenplays and go, oh, this has to be a movie. This is great writing. They go, ah, another Woody Allen movie. He's a name. He's a brand. He's a product. We're watching this because it's him. But so even it's in different. things like that, it becomes hard when, again, like if, you know, shit happened on that set and he's a creepy man and all these things. Sure. The people that suffered through that to make this movie, to make it big, let's say that's like the only movie they're in. Yeah. They went through that. They suffered through that for no one to watch their work, whereas yeah. they would otherwise would have been in like a world renowned film for generations to come to yes. watch. So then there's things like that. Or same thing with like you know, black actors who had to suffer racism to make a movie. Yeah. And that's like their only credit. And now we stop watching it. They don't get paid residuals or whatever. Yeah. Like, the, you know, they, so it's not even it's the a residual, complicated. Yeah. Not even the residual thing. problem necessarily, but like the first black person to ever win an Oscar was, uh, I believe her name was Hattie McDaniel, right? Yeah, why are you saying it like you don't know? You tell well, me this all the time. I, no, because I just, I was blanking on the name. Oh. And I wanted to make sure I didn't say like an unrelated name it was Hattie McDaniel. She won it for Gone with the Wind. And she played literally a character named Mammy. She's literally playing a black stereotype. She had to sit at a separate table at the ceremony because it was a segregated award ceremony. She's the first black woman to win an Oscar. And it was years and years until another black woman won an Oscar. 
I think Whoopi Goldberg might have been the next black woman to win an Oscar <laughs> in the 80s. Like it was a long time. And it's, you know, it's it's heartbreaking that that's the case. But like that woman's a pioneer. We should celebrate her. But I don't think that means we have to watch Gone with the Wind. Like, she's great. But it's Love an Oscar-winning performance. Same thing with a the guy. historic go- Oscar-winning performance. Yes, same thing with the actor who played Uncle Remus. He won yeah. an Oscar for that movie. And I believe he was the first black man to win an Oscar. And his recording of Zippity-Doo-Dah, legendary. a beloved song, but... I don't Very think we racist. have to watch Song of the South. It kind of sucks. And See, it's that was like really that. Racist. So they're in there. The, I think I might have told you guys about Peter this. Pan is worse than Song of the South. That's my hot take. Mm. In terms of racism, gone, um, uh, Song of the South is that ugly, passive racism where they act like all of this was fine. Everything was good in the old South. That's shitty. Peter Pan is a movie where you watch a very racist group of caricatures sing a song called What Made the Red Man Red. Doesn't Song of the South have like literal tar babies in it though? It has a literal tar baby. Yeah, that- Which sucks. But in the theme park ride, it's a beehive. <laughs> well- It's not any better because I'm, of I'm I'm gonna say this story instead because I don't know how to compare. Then I don't want to compare racist media, sure. which is worse. But, um, but I Peter did Pan find a- um, original recording of the Song of the South soundtrack at a record store, which on the one hand, I was like amazed to find. I did take a picture of it because I was like, this is crazy that they're just selling this in the store. Um, And I kind of wanted to get it because I was like, what a historical historical relic of terribleness. But then I was like, I don't want to buy this. You know, I don't want to put money into this. But then I was also like, the person that's going to want to buy this is going to be someone that like probably really liked Song of the <laughs> South. And it's like, what if then yeah. like a racist person is buying it? And that almost felt worse. For the record, I did not buy you it. You wanted to buy it and stab it with a basilisk Yeah, like, like destroy it or something. Oh, speaking I don't know, of problematic but... people, basilisk thing. <laughs> Let's all stop watching Harry Potter. Let's uh, stop acting like Harry Potter's cool. I don't want to be a jerk. I think if you like Harry Potter, you can still like Harry Potter. But like- Universal is like going ahead with that third theme park in Orlando, the Epic Universe, and mm-hmm. they're still just going to build a Fantastic Aww. Beasts land. And it's like, give up the ship. We've got the, look, we have the two theme park lands and J.K. Rowling gets a percentage of the ticket sales. We're grandfathered in on those. She's yeah. an asshole. She's a bad person. Her money goes to actively hurting trans people. She sucks. Fuck her. But- we're grandfathered in. We built them. We can't tear them down. People are still going. I get it's a cold-hearted business. It's corporate America. We're not going to get rid of them. Just like we aren't going to take those things off of HBO Max because those movies were popular. And God bless them. All the actors involved seem to be anti-her. Yeah, with the exception is... of Robbie Coltrane, who's an older man and seemed to just make a vague comment about like, J.K. Rowling's my friend. Like, he didn't seem to go like, fuck transgender people. You know, I'm listen, I have to rationalize it so I can still watch him in Goldeneye because he's really good okay, in Goldeneye. Okay. But like, you know, like yeah. most of them seem to be like, hey, we're pro-transgender people and J.K. Rowling is wrong about this. And J.K. Rowling is actively doing bad in the world, I would argue, with her money. By spreading these lies. But, again, we're kind of grandfathered in. Just don't build a third one. Like, yeah, it's so exactly. easy. Universal Studios owns so many other movies. When you look at the list of Universal movies, it's crazy how it much is. shit they own. Like, even the stuff they don't own that they could probably get the rights to easily. Like, build like, like they're building a Universal Monsters land. 
you know what you could build next to that? Like a weird like horror movie land that's like more Hear modern horror Hear movies. Or... Build two of Nintendo World at the same park. I'll okay. go to both because this Nintendo shit is maybe the coolest thing I've ever You're seen. You're on to something because the Nintendo World, I'm sure you've noticed, is Mario themed. Yes. And I don't know if you know this. But Nintendo owns a lot of shit. Right. And if you don't know what The Legend of Zelda is, you're still going to go to a land that has a castle and yeah. like floating mountains and, and stuff. And aren't you always looking for castles to like compete with Disney? Like, isn't that why we built Hogwarts in the first place? Isn't that why we built an entire castle at Universal Studios Singapore just for the Shrek 4D ride that we've all been on? It's literally why Disney had to build a second castle within Magic Kingdom just to have more than one. We just, have three, actually. Yeah. There's three. And you know what, Universal? Your Hogwarts is more convincing than their version of the beast's castle we all know it it's just true however your hogwarts is not more convincing than the be our guest part of the castle because that is the interior of the restaurant next level theming i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you on that one the inside of the hogwarts castle from memory i haven't been in like a decade but from memory beautiful and the portraits move and that's better than it's it's beautiful, you do but remember it's I, not snowing indoors. You do remember when I cried when I went into the BR guest room. Yeah, restaurant. like let's not pretend that, that the, the Hogwarts wasn't bringing you to tears. Now, to be fair, Beauty and the Beast, one of my favorite Disney movies, probably my favorite of Also all just time. like a more exciting castle to see. Well, like, the colors, you know, no, the other ones. I, having read all the Harry Potter books, mm -hmm. I was very excited to go in there. If you were like, oh, you can go to the Beauty and the Beast castle or Hogwarts, I would pick Hogwarts. But yes. I meant Beauty and visually, the Beast, like interior... Interior Again, visual moving you staircases, but we didn't. You're not like on the moving staircases. I wouldn't want to be. I'd be scared. I'm fine with just seeing them. Just like I'm just fine. I, seeing I mean, the I am. I am speaking a little out of turn here. My memory of it isn't super. In my big. mind, I went through the whole castle. That's how cool it was. Just getting to go into the Defense Against the Dark Arts room and see that weird old timey projector was exciting. Okay, what? Yeah, when you're walking through the line, you, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are up on the balcony, and you're in the Defense Against the Dark Arts room, and they put I on the invisibility cloak. Being on cloak. the balcony, I, I, all right, all right. I should refrain from commenting. My memory of that isn't great because when I recently went to Universal, I did not go on the ride as I've become someone that gets motion sick on like 3D rides, so I didn't really go through the castle a second time. Um, but I do think that Be Our Guest is fantastically rendered. That being said, back to Mario. Um, and Nintendo, um, there is a whole Pac-Man world in the Pac-Man games that, uh, they could build as well. That's not Nintendo. That's Namco. No, but they make those for the, they have like the, they, Nintendo he's in has the Smash it Brothers now. Game. No, I don't think they own him. I think he was licensed. But they licensed. have him. Like they have him. No, he's licensed to appear in those games. Just like they but don't no, own but Sonic. But no, he's in, they just released for the Switch, the. Molly, other companies make games yeah, for Nintendo Okay, consoles. well, he's... They, they don't own him then, but he's relevant enough to them. Well, I'm not even... Okay, yeah, Pac-Man's cool. <laughs> they just released Pac-Man 99. No, no, but, like, even... Okay, but, like, even I if understand. we just stick to what Nintendo owns, a Pokemon Land, or yeah. uh, just, a, just a grab bag, just like a Smash Brothers kind of thing where it's like, hey, we got, like, one Zelda ride, and we got one uh, Metroid ride, and we've got, you know, a Metroid ride. Oh, my God, where you a shoot Dogs place where there's yeah. just puppies. I love Men in Black, but I bet you that... <laughs> I thought... I thought that was going to be it. <laughs> that was the line. I love Men in Black because it agrees with me about government conspiracies and the CIA killed JFK. But uh, by the way, JFK, blown away. What else do I have to say? Yeah. Nothing. We didn't start the fire. 
it burned. Could... We didn't start the fire that destroyed the King Kong ride at Universal Hollywood and also destroyed all those tapes of songs. What a fucked up story. I love that. But I mean, I don't love that it happened. It actually the the fake band Spinal Tap, they used to do real albums and all of their tapes were also destroyed in that fire, really? which is the most Spinal Tap thing do in they the world. Know what we're talking about. People know. Okay, so anyone who doesn't know, in 2008, there was a fire on the Universal Hollywood backlot. It destroyed part of the backlot tour, including the giant robotic King Kong that used to be there. Now they have a CGI King Kong ride where you go through a big tunnel, and they have a Fast and the Furious section, too. But it also destroyed a warehouse that contained thousands of original recordings of famous songs uh, by, by all sorts of musicians, all different genres, all across history. The tapes are incredibly flammable, just like old film is. And so all the master recordings of these songs were destroyed forever. Uh, and Universal actually didn't own them because the Universal Music Group, which owns like a zillion different records, they split off from the actual Universal Movie Company. So uh, anyhow... Look, all I was trying to say, the, the, this edit is seamless. <laughs> all I was trying to say was that I bet a lot of the kids on Men in Black have not actually seen the movie Men in Black, but it still works. So if uh, Nintendo Land, they wanted to do a Metroid ride, it doesn't matter if you don't know oh, who yeah. Samus and Mother Brain are, just a fun ride where you shoot aliens works, whether or not you get the branding. Yeah, I've really been trying to think like what else Nintendo has, but my mind's completely blanking. Kirby. Kirby, Everybody I loves love Kirby. Kirby. I yeah. love Kirby. Everybody um, loves Kirby. I would just like a meet and greet with Kirby. Um, but yeah, I mean, Universal's got plenty of things they could put there, but they didn't. So. Oh, they could do Kirby like they do the Toad costume character where people don't know how the person fits in the costume. Oh, that would be that. so cute. Do love that. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. We shouldn't... Um, you know, we shouldn't be building more Harry Potter stuff. No, but... we don't need it. Nobody likes the Fantastic Beasts movie anyway. Like... I liked them. I no, liked I, them. I, and I'm so mad that screaming. now I can't. Oh, you can scream. The first one was fine. And I liked the second. But, you know, it is what it is. You're the only one who liked the second. I like the stories. I like the story. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto all this stu stupid Dennis Quaid. I am your Dennis. I would also like to go on the record I and have say... A t well, let me finish. Sorry. I am your Dennis. Dennis. I have a talent for causing things Quaid. <laughs> I am your Dennis. Thank you. That was good. Um, I would like to be clarify that Vince Vaughn is an independent... I mean, not an independent, a libertarian. Oh, um, those guys. So I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Penn Penn and Teller? Um, anyway, so today's topic was really supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> songs that were written for movies for the second podcast in a row. Yeah, we'll never get to it. And, um, you're just never going to hear our amazing list, um, that I've been so desperately trying to give you. Um, I'm sorry we've been gone for a while. We've, we've had a lot going on. Um, we didn't forget about you though. You're number one in our hearts still. I mean, you're number one in my heart. I don't want to do you guys like that, like Danny just did. Um, so I hope that you've, you know, just re-listened to old podcasts of us and remember how much you love us. Yeah, keep, uh, keep um, listening. Thanks for being with us on this weird journey this week. Um, we celebrated our one year of recording the podcast um, this past month, which is pretty exciting. Um, Danny's just in his phone ignoring me. I'm sorry. I'm getting a very important text from not Molly. 
Mm. Sick burn. How important could it be? I um, mean, it's not really. I might be watching a clip from the Super Friends. So mm. <laughs> See how much he cares about you all. My baby takes the morning train. He works from nine to five and then. Anyway. Um, what do you want me to sing to close out the podcast? I don't want you to oh, sing. Oh, do you, you want to put in a real song, like edit in a real song? Yeah. Um, how about, well, I don't want to do Let's Get Together from the Parent Trap. That's a little on the nose, don't you think? Something from Dennis Quaid's band. Oh, if let's, there's uh, any Don Johnson's of that. Uh, original song from Miami Vice that Whoopi Goldberg sings the backup on. Huge Whoopi Goldberg fan. By the way, we've gotten through an entire episode without me talking about cats. Follow me home. So, fun fact for everyone at home. My um, my memory that let me know. Memory. All alone in the the memory that let me know it had been a year since we started recording was just a video of Danny singing yeah, cats. Anniversary. And uh, it was painful. I was oddly enough just singing the word cats. <laughs> oh, Touch me. Now it is so easy to leave. Danny, me. the the thing couldn't even register how loud you got. It's called clipping, Molly. Um, <laughs> we're professionals. I'd like to be clear. It's not a year since we've released it to you because yeah. we waited a very long time to release. That mm. will be in May, I believe. Um, thank you all for listening, for being through a year of the pandemic with us. Yeah. Um, it's been a journey. The pants demic. <laughs> Half a million people are dead. Um, yeah. Uh. Thanks for listening along. The Panzer Too Tight is brought to you by a generous grant from the Milk Toast Foundation and viewers like you. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, I'm glad um, you turned in. Um, no, really, what song do you want to fade out over? Because I don't care about Dennis Quaid's band. Well, I thought you were going to do Don Johnson, you said. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't really I that I don't relevant. really have uh, nothing. Does Universal Studios have a song that we can play? Ba, ba, ba. The, what's the logo? Universal Studios. What? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were trying to sing that to the tune of Is that them? I don't even know. I just know yeah. I know that tune. The globe with the Oh, okay. I could fade out over singing in the rain. And talk oh, about that. Well you started to, but you never actually told them I'm what you hated about singing in the rain. In the rain. I don't hate anything about it. It's perfect. Just it's the, about twenty minutes too long. Just sing. Oh. Well, um, Danny and I, I don't know when we'll be back again um, to record more for you. Oh, guess who's back? Back again? Shady's back. Tell a friend. I thought Shaq was back. Oh, no. My boyfriend's back. Is he going to be trouble? Hey, now. Hey, now. My boyfriend's uh, back. Um, you can fit out over, my baby takes the morning train. I like that song. I don't know that song. Oh, <laughs> that explains why you looked at me that way. <laughs> I was wondering what the hell that was. That was perfect cover. Um, perfect. I think that's Sheena Easton sings that. Who? Sheena Easton. Never heard of her. Oh, she's seen a Weston sister. Oh, she shot me. <laughs> the rim shot? No, the CIA, Molly. Is there a song about JFK? Oh, we didn't start the JFK, fire. JFK. Well, yeah. Away. Okay, everybody That's enjoy. conspiracy song. Please enjoy Sir William Joel's we'll We Didn't Start you, the Fire. We'll see you sometime in the future. The future! You know I'm a well by now. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Malcolm X, British politician, sex.